I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, is no stranger to the headlines, and he's been in a lot of them lately. He reopened his Fremont car factory without permission, got in a squabble with Alameda County about it, and is now threatening to leave the Bay Area altogether. He got one show of support on Twitter from President Donald Trump. Joining me to break down the Tesla tussle is Chronicle business editor Owen Thomas. He's covered Elon Musk for decades. Owen Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Knight. Thanks for having me and congratulations for joining Fifth Emission as a host. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to my colleagues since I don't get to see you in person these days. Um, well, Tesla has been in the news a lot in pretty much all of our headlines lately. Wondered if you can just give listeners the um, roundup of what's been going on with Tesla over the past few days and why it's in the Chronicle so much. Yes, certainly controversy and press attention seem to be uh, almost a core part of the Tesla brand. Uh, it's, the electric car maker has always courted attention, but lately it's been getting the wrong kind of attention. It uh, has closed its Fremont factory uh, during the shelter-in-place order, had closed, um, and furloughed most of its 10,000-plus employees there. But the as the Chronicle first reported, Tesla actually started gearing up its production lines to restart last week, and they are now apparently in full production, which is a violation of the local Alameda County uh, shelter-in-place order. Right. Why did Elon Musk decide to open up Tesla now? Well, that is puzzling because, as we've reported, it appeared that Tesla executives and local authorities were actually negotiating for a reopening. And it seemed like maybe that was um, not uh, happening as quickly as Musk would have liked, or maybe he just didn't like the, the principle of local officials having any kind of say over his global car company. Keep in mind, Tesla, um, you know, really has the Fremont factory, uh, which is a huge factory on the site of the former uh, NUMI plant, um, the Toyota GM joint venture. It's a lot of symbolism for Tesla to open up in that Fremont location and its Shanghai factory. And of course, the Shanghai factory was affected by the coronavirus pandemic in China. And so um, they've they've really taken a hit on production um, between uh, Shanghai and Fremont. So one theory is that they really just need to have some cars coming off the assembly lines. That said, you know, every car company has been affected in some way. This pandemic is global. And um, Musk has been tweeting incorrectly that Detroit car makers have gotten some kind of special treatment. They've been dealing with the exact same issues in Michigan about when they can safely reopen. And it's, you know, it's been local authorities there making that decision, just like they are in Alameda County. So he, as usual, is not always accurate on Twitter. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Elon Musk always seems to have dwelled in his own reality. And, you know, that's one of the things that makes him a great entrepreneur is that he likes to bend reality to his vision. The problem is that we all live in the real world. His workers live in the real world. His customers live in the real world. And so when his vision and, the, and reality kind of clash, as they are doing now, um, there can be, unfortunately, really negative consequences. 
Right. So he and Alameda County are in this, um, you know, argument over whether he can remain open. It sounds like he has put in a lot of measures to protect workers, or at least he's saying he has taking their temperature, um, keeping them socially distanced, fewer workers. Is that, is that correct? It is correct that Tesla has prepared a guide for how it's going to operate. And that's part of what it's uh, addressing with Alameda County. In fact, uh, Alameda County told us that they've received Tesla's plan and they're reviewing it. And, and again, the question is, why does Musk need to jump the gun? His people have prepared a plan. The local authorities are reviewing it. There's a process for this. All he needs to do is kind of trust in the process and let things unfold. And, you know, essentially he's saying he's kind of playing this out on Twitter where he has a huge following and saying, don't trust the government, trust me. And that's a very powerful message for, uh, you know, kind of the the core Tesla fan base, the, the Elon Musk fanboys, and they generally are boys <laughs> um, yes. of the world. So you've been covering Elon Musk since the 90s. Can you just give a snapshot of what he's like for people who don't know his work as well as you and um, whether this really is about his um, something he needs to do for his business or whether it's more of an ego trip? Absolutely. So Elon is, uh, he's a longtime entrepreneur. He, um, you know, dropped out of, uh, I believe, Stanford Graduate School, started a company called Zip2. Um, that's Zip and the number two. And, um, you know, that was kind of an early, uh, early online listings website, uh, New York had New York Times as a customer. It was a real startup, I think, you know, it was, you know, had, uh, it had a real business. Uh, unlike some of those uh, dot-com companies. He started another company, an online bank, merged that with what became PayPal. And that's really, uh, you know, that's really when I started following him closely. Uh, PayPal, of course, sold to eBay. He went on and did a number of things. One of the things was invest in Tesla. And he actually wasn't the founder of Tesla. He, uh, he backed the founders and then decided to oust them and become CEO. So... You know, what I find interesting about him is he likes to present himself, for example, as the founder of Tesla. The the facts don't bear that out, but it's important for the narrative for him to be the founder. That's just one example of many I could give you of how Elon just he doesn't like the way reality is and he needs to change it so that it fits a better narrative of the future he wants. And, you know, I don't think we need to be critical of, say, a future where we are um, free from, you know, needing to emit carbon to transport ourselves or a future where, um, you know, humankind travels to Mars to criticize him along the way for saying that's not quite right what you're saying and that's not quite right what you're doing. You know, I think he's very much an ends justify the means and, you know, a narrative uh, his narrative justifies anything kind of guy. And I think, you know, we've, we really need to, you know, watch out for that and, you know, hold him accountable for, for his statements and his actions. He seems really cut from the stereotype of a Silicon Valley CEO, like that you'd even see on a Silicon Valley um, TV show. <laughs> like he kind of fits the the stereotype, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when I watched HBO Silicon Valley, I I thought this is great, but they're only capturing like 10% of what Silicon Valley is really like. You know, they just the the extremes of Silicon Valley just you know, don't translate to 
television, it doesn't seem believable what uh, what goes on here sometimes. But, you know, what what I think is really at stake, Heather, is that there are 10,000 plus workers who might be exposed and then extrapolate that their families, their, mm-hmm. you know, um, their families, co-workers. I mean, this is how an infection spreads. And I think, you know, you've seen people criticize Tesla's plan, pointing out that, you know, if you've actually worked on a car assembly line, and I admit I haven't, but I'm hearing from people who have worked on car assembly lines. In fact, our reporter, Chase DeVille Chantonio, is hearing from Tesla workers, and they're saying this is not safe when, you know, when Tesla tried to uh, practice physical distancing and, you know, all these safety measures, they kind of started and then they, you know, they fell a little by the wayside, like they had temperature screening and then people started just coming and going and kind of ignoring the screening. So how can we be confident just because Tesla has this guide that they're going to put it into practice? And I think that is always the question with Elon Musk is there's this grand vision. What is the reality and how do you put it into practice? Right. And and he is um, basically saying that the state is being more lenient and Governor Newsom's being more lenient than Alameda County. And so he should be bound by the state, whereas um, in actuality, the governor has said it's up to counties to be more cautious if that's what they choose. So, yes. And and, you know, and none other than uh, President Trump actually tweeted saying California should free Tesla and let it reopen. Um, and, <laughs> you know, as, with as friends you po- like that. With friends like that, yeah, and and Musk has actually gotten some blowback from uh, uh, from people on Twitter over you know this kind of uh, uh, un- unexpected, unsolicited uh, support from uh, from the White House. <laughs> Not something you necessarily want when you're in the Bay Area. Um, and he has also threatened in recent days to just um, you know take his toys and go home, basically, and move Tesla out of the Bay Area altogether if he doesn't get his way. How much of an economic loss would that be for our region? Well, in in 2018, uh, Tesla itself, I don't think this was vetted by an outside party, but Tesla estimated that its economic impact uh, on the Bay Area was something on the scale of $5 billion, which, you know, sounds like a lot of money. But what you have to remember with these economic impact estimates is that Tesla wouldn't just kind of you know, disappear and leave a void. All of those people, if they didn't pick up and move to Texas, which, you know, or, or uh, you know, or Reno, wherever, wherever Tesla might go, it's not clear all the employees would follow. And a lot of those employees, they've got spouses. The spouses have other jobs. It's not as simple as, you know, just moving the company. And so a lot of people would stay. A lot of the intellectual firepower behind Tesla would stay and they'd go work at other companies. It would be, you know, a bonanza for recruiters at Waymo, at Uber, at, you know, all these companies who are working on electric and self-driving car technology. And it actually might kind of jumpstart some of those efforts and erode the edge that Tesla had. So, you know, just assuming that that, um, you know, estimated $5 billion economic impact goes away and isn't replaced by other economic activity, I think that is the, you know, that's the argument that you need to consider, that it's not just like a negative $5 billion. It's, you know, is that $5 billion replaced by other economic activity? I think history has shown us that there's a pretty good chance that people in Silicon Valley are going to come up with something new that uh, that will take the place of whatever's leaving. 
Right. It also seems like kind of a false um, thing to say for him because it would take so much longer to actually relocate his factory elsewhere and get that up and running and find new workers than it would to just work things out with Alameda County, right? If it's really time is of the essence, does that move even make sense? I, I mean, we're talking about a one week's delay. Uh, an Alameda County supervisor told us that May 18th was the date that they were looking to reopen. And, you know, with with lives at stake, with time, you know, for hospitals to prepare for a surge in cases, for, for just more time to observe, like, you know, how much risk there is and, um, you know, how the virus spreads and whether you can really operate the plant safely, why not take that one week of time? It's 2% of the year. It can't be that much lost production to matter over, over the years and decades to come. And right. I, think, I, I think Elon Musk is buying himself a lot of ill will for one week. And that's what puzzles me. I'll be back with Owen Thomas. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Chronicle Business Editor Owen Thomas. Um, so what do you anticipate happening over the course of the next week or so with Tesla? Well, it, it seems like the last thing uh, anyone wants to do is like, you know, go send, uh, you know, send um, officers into the Tesla f- factory and drag Elon Musk off in handcuffs. It, you know, it, it seems like that might be something that might be a spectacle that Musk wants. <laughs> uh, and so perhaps yeah. he's trying to provoke authorities into into doing something that, you know, kind of paints them in a better light. I think that we're going to see a lot of people, including reasonable people at Tesla, talking behind the scenes to make things work. I do worry about the workers who are, you know, being told that they need to come in. You know, these are vulnerable um, people. They're not making the highest wages. Um, You know, Elon Musk sent an email to them congratulating them on, you know, the, the noble work of, producing goods that they're doing. Um, But if he really had that much respect for his workers, wouldn't he be giving them a little more margin of safety? Yeah, that's what you'd think. What do you think this tells us about shelter-in-place orders? Can local governments really enforce them? Of course, he has highlighted his own company uh, with his huge social media following, but we're hearing about other um, businesses just quietly reopening without permission. How can local governments actually find all of these um, business owners who are doing things that not by the books? Well, I think that's that's the big worry here, is that if Tesla is seen as defying a shelter-in-place order, aren't lots of businesses going to say, you know, well, clearly Alameda County is toothless, they can't enforce this. And the reality is no government can, you know, enforce a, a shelter-in-place order. There's just too many people and too many businesses to, you know, have police officers go around and knock on doors and, you know, and, you know, cite and and fine everyone who's violating it. It relies a lot on, you know, kind of voluntary cooperation. And, uh, you know, here in San Francisco, Mayor Breed has talked about how, you know, basically what a good job San Francisco um, has done and other parts of the Bay Area as well uh, in complying. And, you know, we've we've won a lot of public health victories with our voluntary compliance. Um, I think something, uh, you know, something Musk is not factoring in, perhaps because he lives in this Twitter bubble, uh, is that the shelter-in-place orders are very popular in the Bay Area, um, as are Tesla cars. And, you know, if 
if he is seen as kind of going against something that is, you know, seen as healthy and safe and popular, are people going to feel good about buying a Tesla car or are they going to look around for alternatives? And there, there are more and more alternatives now. So I think, you know, he really runs a risk of damaging Tesla's brand in the marketplace um, just to burnish his own personal brand. And I, you know, I would ask, where is Tesla's board of directors in this, in, in reigning in their CEO? But they have shown um, that, you know, <laughs> they are, they're very ineffective um, in, you know, in kind of policing Musk's behavior. So there, there are not very many checks on Musk, you know, on the corporate level <laughs> yeah. or the uh, or the local government level, unfortunately. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about, um, you know, how this is likely to affect uh, Tesla's customer base and its bottom line, because surveys and polls have shown that um, liberal folks are far more likely to support a longer shelter in place and actually worry that the Bay Area is reopening too quickly, whereas more conservative voters think the opposite. So I was just wondering if you see any kind of, um, you know, bad outcome for Tesla and that perhaps some of its customers would be turned off by Musk's uh, shenanigans over the past few days. Well, you know, keep in mind that like the people who own Tesla cars today, especially the people who bought like the more expensive Roadster or Model S models, they are Tesla fans. They are Elon Musk fans. They love the showmanship. They love the kind of irreverent attitude. But, you know, you know, who are the who are the next buyers of Tesla? He's going after a broader market with a with a cheaper car, a more affordable car. And those people may not be as invested in the you know, in the cult of Elon Musk. And I think that's a risk. It's not so much that people who are, you know, kind of thinking about buying a, a Tesla today will be turned off. It's, you know, if Tesla needs to increase its sales, um, you know, to double or triple 10 times what they are now, um, is Tesla going to be able to find all of those people? And will they have a good impression of Tesla? It's, it's an open question and a concern. Great. Well, you've laid this out very well, and I really appreciate you joining me today. It was fun to talk to you. Heather, it was great to connect and talk about one of my favorite subjects. Thanks to Owen Thomas for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. Fifth and Mission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.